Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. Keep the lights on. Today's focus is going to be on the kingdom of God is near. And we're going to look at a couple of passages, one in the book of Matthew and one in Isaiah, which is what Matthew is quoting. And so we get to see this passage both at after Jesus had come and as it was prophesying him coming. So first I want to read the passage from Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 12. And it is uh, referencing, verse 12 is talking about John the Baptist. So you'll remember last week we were in John chapter 1. And it talked about how John the Baptist was not that light, but he was a witness to the light. And we get to see John again here in verse 12. Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested... He left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And let's look in Isaiah chapter 9. This is what Matthew was quoting. We will read verses 1 through 7. Isaiah writes, nevertheless, That time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. I just want to stop right there a minute and say to you, this is God's word to us right now as well. This time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. It's never in God's plan for the despair to last forever. The light is coming. Carrying on, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. 
They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. This is the word of the Lord. Father, I pray for your anointing on this word today. I pray that our eyes would be open to see the light you have for us today. Our hearts would be receptive and good soil for the seed of your word to shine the light you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. A people walking in darkness. I think Matthew says, sitting in darkness. A people in darkness. Light versus darkness consistently in the scripture refers to this, the knowledge of or the obedience to God. That is light. Darkness is the ignorance of or disobedience to his revelation. Friends, look, we all walk in darkness to some degree. We know that Romans teaches that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in need of a Savior. And we also, even as people of faith, are going to perpetually need the light to overcome the darkness and to help us see our way. This is not a one and done. This is not, I receive Jesus as my Savior. I know he's the light, but then we just move on without needing to access that light, without needing to pull away the layers of things and shadows in our life that would hide the light or diminish the light. It has to keep happening. The psalmist said, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. We've got to understand we all need that light. And following Jesus is that life commitment to walk in the light that you receive, to shine our light so that others can also find their way. And you know what? Sometimes someone else's light is going to shine onto your path and help you see something you weren't able to see. We've got to walk this path with humility 
and able to understand that there are still things in us that right now we say, yes, we're living in the light, but there may be darkness there and we have to be open to continue to allow the light of God to shine. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Part of keeping the light on is to embrace scripture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a, a statement that Rich Velotis made on Instagram this week. He is the pastor that followed Pete Scazzaro, the um, place where emotionally healthy spirituality comes from that we have been um, working with the last year or so. And so Rich says, when Jesus was tempted, scripture flowed from his lips. When Jesus was challenged, scripture flowed from his lips. When Jesus was crucified, scripture flowed from his lips. One of the ways for us to live like Jesus is to internalize scripture so that when we are cut, it spills out. I want to encourage us to keep the lights on and don't let go of your commitment to scripture, to immersing yourself in the word of God, to allowing the word to wash over you and teach you and shed light on you. Well, a couple of things about this passage. Galilee of the Gentiles. What, why was that brought out in this prophecy of Isaiah and then Jesus, in fact, fulfilling it? This place is a place on the way from the Assyrian invasion toward the sea. This was the perspective that the prophet Isaiah was speaking from. Galilee of the Gentiles could be what we might call a liminal space, the between, the already and the not yet, the, at your, the place you move through. It's not the final destination, but it was part of where they were headed. And this was an unexpected location for the light to appear. When Isaiah made this prophecy, it did not make sense to the mindset of the hearers in Israel that that would be the place where the light would appear. When we are in transition, on our way from one thing to the next, and my friends, if you did not know it, we have been living in transition for almost two years right now. We are in this, like waiting for the shaking to end, for this instability, this, this not knowing what's next. We are there. But my friends, in that place, light shines in the darkness. As we are in these waiting moments, I want you to hear me. Do not disregard the illumination that is taking place right here, right now. We sometimes suspect that we have to arrive at a place called certainty before trusting the light. 
But this passage makes it clear that the light of the world was going to appear in this place on the way in Galilee, this place disrespected by both the invading armies and the Jewish elite. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. We are called to keep the lights on and to pay attention to what God is doing in this time, in this moment, even in the waiting. Isaiah's prophecy identifies an even more unlikely aspect of this light, the great salvation that is to come. He says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. This was like, how is that going to be the answer? But Matthew purposely referenced this section from Isaiah to make it clear that Jesus is this one. Jesus is the wonderful counselor. Jesus is the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And then he states that from this time forward. So after Matthew quotes this passage that the people know that that's what it's saying is happening. Then he says this, from this time forward, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. I think it's really interesting the way that is put together there because it says this is what happened when John was arrested. What was John preaching? Prepare the way for the Lord. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And so now Matthew says this is what Jesus began preaching in this place where the light is shining in the darkness. This is the reality of the light that we now live in. We are in the already not yet kingdom of God. Jesus has initiated the kingdom. He brought it and it is growing and we are part of it. But it is not fully realized yet. Just as we learned as we were studying Revelation and the reality of the soon coming of our king when he does bring the new heavens and the new earth to pass. But in this moment, we are still in his kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is near. So is that someplace you go when you die? Is, when we say the kingdom of heaven is near, is it a, is a place? Is it a location? The kingdom of God has come. Jesus brought it near so close that you can touch it. You can be a part of it. Heaven has come to rush around us, to fill the darkness with light. And Jesus said, repent and turn to God. I was listening to Dominique Gilliard this week, the author of Subversive Witness, which we may spend some time in in 2022. It just every time I've heard him talk about it, but he, it just is compelling. But one of the things he talks about is repentance 
is not the same as confession. I've been working um, hard on a follow-up to the course we took earlier this year, How to Fight Racism. One of the recommendations that Jamar Tisby made in that was that organizations work on a racial justice statement. So I've been working on that and had a great conversation with a new friend uh, that I met at a conference in D.C. And she is a person of color and, and just has great um, insight for me. And she made the point also about the difference between confession and repentance. Confession can be a one-time thing for a one-time action. Okay, so you, you're acknowledging this action happened and you confess it. Repentance involves all the ramifications of that action. And it may not be a one-time thing. It may take processes to move beyond whatever that thing was. And so that's what Dominique Gilliard was talking about in this interview I was listening to. Jesus said, repent and turn to God. I want us to encourage ourselves in the Lord regarding that word repentance. It's a word from Jesus. It is a word of light. It is a word of the kingdom coming near. It is not a angry, um, hell-bound kind of thing to fill your mind with. It is this reality of the promise and the hope of transformation that Jesus gives to us. What does it mean to repent? Change. <laughs> Change your mind. Change the way you see the world. Change your priorities. Change your direction. Turn to God. Change your dependency. Who do you trust in? This is why I'm saying it's not necessarily a one-time thing because we get tested on it and we have to keep turning. Just like swimming against a current, you have to keep moving against it to continue to turn to God. It's a lifestyle choice, a very, very hopeful process of transformation. The kingdom of God is where what God wants to happen actually happens. I want his kingdom come, his will to be done in my life. Don't you? Don't you? We talked about this earlier this year, but I just want to say it again really quick. This is from Scott McKnight about these things that are true about the kingdom of God. For one thing, there is a king. You can't have a kingdom without a king. And we know we serve King Jesus. Jesus is the ruler of this kingdom. There is a rule. In other words, the king can't be a king if he isn't actually ruling over things. In God's kingdom, though, this rule of Jesus in our life, Jesus coming and saying, repent and turn to God, and we following what he's teaching us to do, it comes by covenant redemption. 
He laid down his own life for us as we just remembered through communion. It is not a matter of line up and do these things and then maybe you can be a part of the kingdom. No, he has given his life, shed his blood, given us his covenant, and then we are in his kingdom and walk according to his rule. The kingdom is made up of people, and that's you, friends. <laughs> you are a part of the kingdom of God, the redeemed people, and we are ruled by King Jesus, and there is law. There are ethics and patterns for what it means to be in this place where what God wants to happen actually happens. In the Old Testament, God gave the law through Moses, and then Jesus taught kingdom ethics. For example, in the Sermon on the Mount, throughout the Gospels, we can see the teachings of Jesus. The followers in the early church continued his teaching. We are transformed as we allow the word of God, this part of keeping the lights on, to be in our life. And we are shining the light against the darkness as the knowledge of God grows in us and our obedience to it, that repentance, that moving against the grain of the world and towards God. And then finally, there's land. The story of God's people, Israel, can't be told, <laughs> separated from the promise of the land. But what did Jesus do when he brought the kingdom to pass? He said, the temple is himself. He is the one greater than the temple. And then that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. The embodied followers of Jesus are the land of the kingdom. And that is how the light moves forward. <laughs> we are mobile and we carry the light and we've got to keep the light on. We've got to do it. So last week we grounded the reality of this life, the light in the truth of God as creator. This week we grounded in the truth of God as king. Jesus initiated the new covenant and the kingdom of God is near. We are called to be witnesses of this light as the temple of God, taking the kingdom with us everywhere, shining his light. We have to keep the lights on, friends. So how, what is that going to look like in this moment, <laughs> in this in-between where sometimes it just seems like we're all stumbling. We're all trying to find our way. I talked about last week how the things that are true stay the same even when the lights aren't on, even when we can't fully see it. That, that overnight, last night, I was feeling around, knocked something down on the floor, made all this racket and everything. I'd think I didn't disturb my husband, but maybe we'll see. But um, we feel that in our hearts, in our emotions right now sometimes, this sense of, I think I'm doing the right thing. I think I'm making the right decision. I think I'm believing the right source <laughs> or not. I, I don't know which source to trust for what news about 
stuff, you know, the government, the medical field, the whatever's going on. I, I think I'm doing right. How do we stay true to the light in the midst of this darkness? And I'm telling you, part of it is this reality of daily abiding in Jesus, letting the scripture speak to you and wash over you, letting it guide you, like the psalmist said, a light for your path. It may not show you 20 steps down. It might just show you the next step. That's the way it goes sometimes. But we as the kingdom people carrying the light have to keep the lights on because you are working with coworkers that need the light. You have neighbors that don't know Jesus, the wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God, everlasting father. They need to know him. And we need to keep the lights on so that the light can keep spreading. Let's pray. Father, we want that moment of peace in our lives. <laughs> that verse that says your reign of peace will last forever. How we long for it. How we desire to walk fully in the light and not have to stumble anymore in darkness. But I pray that while we're in this waiting time, waiting for your kingdom to fully be established, would you help us to embrace the process of transformation and repentance, to allow your light to fully shine through us? Forgive us for our complacency. Forgive us for our bad attitudes towards others for not loving the way you love. Forgive us for withholding because of our own fear or weariness. I pray that you help us to walk with open hands, open hearts, allowing the light of God to shine I pray for our missions family that are in many different scenarios around the world working diligently to bring the light to very dark places. Would you support them, refresh them, lift them up, give them favor? I pray for each one here today that have dark situations facing them this week, whether it's at work, whether it's with family, whether it's in the neighborhood, and maybe it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to enter that space fully open. God, I pray that your light would go before them, that your favor would be in that place, that you would soften the hearts that they'll be encountering 
that the light of God could penetrate there, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pray for those in school that you would find ways there for your light to shine. Help the teachers. Refresh them, O oh Lord. All the school workers. Let them know your love. And show us ways that we can share that love, Lord. Amen. I feel that what Craig was saying, there was a word specifically to somebody just encouraging you in the Lord and this deep moments with him. I also feel that God is speaking individually to each one of you about things that are an ongoing process. And I want you to feel encouraged in that, not condemnation, not in any sense... Um, when will I ever get this right? <laughs> I understand that feeling, and I can tell you, I felt it. And I, but I think what God is trying to say to us is, a people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Be drawn to that light. Follow that light. Be encouraged today in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.